With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is, it is 8 o'clock on a Thursday. Thursday. One of you is listening to the podcast, and I can hear myself in the background. That's Beth. It's Beth. This is how she returns to us. Beth? What'd I do? Is, has this been fixed? <laughs> you ruined the podcast. It's not even 8.01. Fine. You, you didn't even say anything, and you ruined the podcast. It's amazing. It really is amazing. I don't even know what it's I was new. doing. I had a cold open prepared, and... It was going to be something yeah, special. You say hi before you yell at me. And now it's not. Well, uh, I didn't have a chance to, Beth, because when I was talking, I was hearing myself talk back at myself. That's not the way that podcasts I'm glad work. Beth is back. I am. Beth is, has ruined the podcast. Fine. Let's just accept that and move on. We're accepting uh, it. We're moving on. Um, I don't even remember how I was going to start this. So instead. Bobby I'm just Park. going to say, this show is sponsored by Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash blueshirtbanter, you can select a button that will donate money that you've earned into our Patreon wallet. That Patreon wallet goes into a fund that we dip into to do things for the show, like get Mike and Beth fancy Skype subscriptions, and Mike bought a microphone, and Beth is going to buy a microphone. And in the event that Beth ever does lick Brady Shea, we will attempt to bail her out of jail with what little money we have remaining. So patreon.com slash blueshirtbanter, John J. Porter, Anthony Viola, Alexander Ricard, Guy from Montana, Daniel DeGem, Eric Cohn, Matt Bader, George Littman, Dan Lynch, Andrew Grigo, Bob Kawa, Kawa? Bob, you need to tell me how to pronounce your name. Uh, Stink Fleeman, John Reppy, Arch Williams, Igor Zatlovsky, Dan Carosi, Alexander Thornton, Thomas Oster, Trevor Kempner, and Michael Silvers have all done just that. And guess what? They got to hear their names read by the infamous Thank you, everybody. Bantering the Blue Shirts Bandits, which is what we're calling ourselves these days. I don't want to be a um, bandit. That's terrible. We already have a caller. Do we take the caller right away? The show's already right off the rails. Might as well. So we may as well. 516, you're on the air. Who's this? What's up, guys? It's John. How are you? What's going on, John? How uh, are you doing? John! Yes. Uh, yeah, great show to start off with, guys. Uh, it's always a fun Thursday night with you guys. That's what we're here uh, for. Oh, that was going to be my open. It was going to be something about it being Thursday. Uh, go ahead, John. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I just wanted to uh, just touch on a couple of things. Uh, and I'm the one who posed the question to you guys last week. Uh, Regarding if you if I felt uh, if you felt I should say if uh, the Rangers improved or gotten better this off season, and I just kind of wanted to uh, you know elaborate a little bit more on that. Uh, yeah, like I said, we're in the dog days of summer, and there's really not much going on. And uh, you know, I'm following the European stuff, you know, with Leah Anderson and, and Heifel and everything else, which is fun. But you know, our main focus is uh, is Rangers hockey. But you know, I'm just looking at. Um, the last, you know, I would say last 10 years of Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, I, I think about that 2014 team and, you know, how close we were. And I know it was a, a five-game series. And in, it, in, in some ways, three of the games went to overtime. One of the games was by one goal. I mean, there's really only one game that you can honestly say that they were completely out of, which is probably game three. Um, 
I look at that team and, and what that team had, that 2014 team had, which I think this new team is lacking, is that veteran leadership. The guys that have won, the guys that have been to a Stanley Cup, that have won, that have hoisted it. And, and I just look at this team, and, and, and I love the team, and I love you know, the, the young players, and, and I, you know, obviously I love Herrick Lundqvist. But I just feel like to be a true Stanley Cup champion, I think you need a good balance of, of, of veteran players that have, that, have, that have a good pedigree. I'm not talking about Rick Nash. I'm talking about a good pedigree of players that are winners, that know how to win, and young players that are hungry and, and uh, are on the upswing. And I, and I think we have the young players that are on the, on the upswing. I question whether or not this team has the veteran leadership um, to really forge ahead and possibly win a Stanley Cup. I mean, we've seen the other teams that have won, you know, and it's either with elite talent, and, and that's the one thing that the Rangers don't have either. They don't have that elite talent either. So I think that – I don't know how you guys feel, but do you feel that this team is veteran-laden enough to when the chips are on the table, can they look around the room and say, all right, guys, this is what we need to do? I, I just don't see it. Well, I guess it's a good question, and I think it's a question that a lot of people are going to wonder about as we go through the year. And it's one of those very easy uh, narratives that the media will probably jump on if the Rangers come out of the gate struggling or whenever they hit their um, their issues. Well, the way that I'll answer that is this. In 2014, I don't think the Rangers really had any elite players. Uh, Richards no. was good, but he was older. Like, Lundqvist would probably be really the guy that I would say was elite. Martin St. Louis was towards the end of his career. The Rangers got really, really lucky with the Broussard-Zuccarello-Pouillot line. Um, down the middle, it was Stefan Richards and um, Broussard. So, it wasn't a ton of – It's I wouldn't say it's all that much different from this year's team. But I think one of the concerns that you have that I believe is very valid – oftentimes you hear Pittsburgh talk about the fact that they had to lose that first Stanley Cup series to, to the Wings in order to win the next one. The, they, there had to be that – you had to go through something like that in order to learn how to win. And a lot of hockey teams talk about that. A lot of the, a lot of the dynasties talk about that. And it doesn't need to be necessarily a, a Stanley Cup loss. It could be an Eastern Conference final loss or something to get you over that hump. And I think that the core that the Rangers have sort of jettisoned out of New York, right or wrong, that's, it's, it was that group, a group that the Stepans of the world, the Girardis of the world, the, uh, I guess, even maybe the Boyles and the Yandles and the whatever, all these guys that had gone through those deep playoff runs, there's not so many of them left anymore. And does that kind of scare me? Eh, not really. The, the, the key parts of this team, the McDonough's, um, the Henrik Lundqvists, even you want to go to guys like Stahl, but Jesper Fast and Rick Nash and all these other guys, Zuccarello, who have been there through the long haul, I think the Rangers have enough of them. I, I think this veteran leadership aspect of things is sometimes overlooked. You don't necessarily need someone who's been in the room before to win a Stanley Cup. You don't need somebody who's well, won the Stanley Cup before to know what it takes to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, you just need well, to have – go ahead. I don't totally disagree with you, um, but if you look back on the teams that have won, they've had those players in the locker room that have at least been there and done that. Um, if you look at the Pittsburgh team, they, who lost the year before, brought in Bill Guerin. If you look, look at the Carolina team, brought in Mark Recchi, and so did Boston the year that they won, they brought in Mark Recchi. Yeah, you know, the only team that might so... be a little bit of a different scenario is maybe L.A., but L.A. was just so stacked with upper echelon talent that, you know, they just got hot. And, you know, what we don't have players remotely as talented as Kopitar and, and Drew Davi. But how much of that Quick got hot. is like the narrative? Like how much did Bill Guerin really help in the Stanley Cup runs, honestly? You know what? He, he played – well, he was, I feel he played a, you know, a role in the locker room. I think you need to hear – you need a voice. And as I, much as I, we love Ryan McDonough, and I'm going to get a lot of heat from, from people, I'm sure, for this. I don't think he's a good captain. I think he has a lot of Brian Leach in him, and Brian Leach by far is one of the best Rangers to ever play for the Rangers, but he was a horrible captain. 
I think even mm. Brian Leach would agree with you about that. I don't think Brian Leach. I, I just think McDonough, a... though he's our best defenseman. I love him as a player. I wouldn't give him up for next to probably anyone, with the exception of a few guys. But <laughs> you know, I, I I love his heart. I love his tenacity. I think he's a phenomenal player. But I just don't think he's a great captain. And yeah, you know, I that's just my own opinion. I think the veteran leadership on this team for the last five years. And I know Stefan and Girardi are gone, but Mark Stoll's still here. And there's still the core group that are, are, are still a lot. There are a lot of losers on this team still. And I, I think until that, that's addressed, I think they're going to have issues. Uh, and that's just my Beth own opinion. To, I, uh, I think they need to change the culture. Beth wants to jump in here, but I, want, I do want to thank you, John, because you've, you've at least pointed us in a direction. You've given us a lot to talk to. Uh, <laughs> my to pleasure, about. guys. So, have a great you. night. No, it's, a val- it's a very um, valid point. Thank you, John. John, I want to agree with you about one thing and disagree with you about another. I agree with you that I'm not sure McDonough is the captain um, to get this team a cup. Um, He wouldn't have been my choice. I'm not in the room. My opinion doesn't count. Um, And the way I'm going to disagree with you is to say that I think you're underestimating Nash's influence. Um, His exit interview on um, breakup day last year, you know, they asked him about this season. They asked him about next season and what he said, and I'm probably quoting almost verbatim. He's like a guy, my age, all you want is a cup. He doesn't care how else the season goes. Nothing else matters. And I think he tends to be a self-effacing guy. I think he should. I realized that there were politics involved in coming from Columbus and everything, I think he should be a captain somewhere. That's just not the way it's going to play out for him. Um, I think he's self-effacing because he's not captain, because there's Lundquist on the team who also plays that role. Um, I would really like to see, and I really hope that Rick Nash wants it enough, and I think he does, to step up in the room this year um, and be that guy and be that veteran who knows his days are numbered, who can still have an amazing season, and I will stand behind that, can still earn his salary, and realizes that his window is closing and also, I really hope, can be more than a voice. The other, Stefan's gone, Girardi's gone. Okay, McDonough's still captain. Um, I would really like to see Nash take a leadership role this year, and the thing is we won't see it. It has to happen in the room. Um, But so, yeah, I... I agree that I'm not as crazy about McDonough's leadership on this team, again, with also agreeing with all the good things you said about him. I am very much hoping that Nash actually does step up and become the guy in the room that you say is needed. And let me say this, too, and just John's final point was the culture has to be changed. I don't think the culture could have been changed any more than it really was this summer. Girardi's gone. Stepan is gone. Those are two very loud voices in the locker room. Um, you have Shattenkirk coming in. Zibanejad's coming back on a new contract. He's been around for a little, at least long enough now that he probably has a voice. Um, the main part of that core isn't, isn't really there anymore. The Rangers are a different team. And I, and I get the allure of this veteran won the cup before, you know, Yada, yada, but how much do those guys actually help? If you're telling me that the New York Rangers need somebody to walk into the room and go, hey, I've won the Stanley Cup before. It's really cool. Here's the secret to how to win it again. Uh, I don't think that exists. I I don't think that that player, like, what is Garen going to say? And and not necessarily Garen, but anybody. Like Beth said, what are they going to say that Rick Nash isn't going to say just because they've won the Cup before? I mean, the Rangers had three Cup winners on that 14 team in Carcillo, Richards and St. Louis. And I don't think you could pick two better leaders in that regard of veteran leadership than St. Louis and Richards. And not that it didn't help the Rangers, but it wasn't, it wasn't the key. It didn't open up any doors. It just is what it is. So what I think a lot of people look at is they say, Oh, there's no more Girardi in the room. Well, there's no more step on what's going to happen. Who's going to be the leader that's going to step up. I don't know how vocal McDonough is in the room. I, kind of, I don't necessarily agree that maybe, like, what do we think is a captain? I don't think Ryan Callahan was a good captain. I think, actually, I believe that Brad Richards pretty much admitted that at the time when he left. 
I think, you know, Chris Drury was a great captain, right? And what did that get the Rangers? So I don't, I don't think that matters. I don't think this is the olden days where you have one guy in the locker room talking and it's the guy with the C on his chest. I think everybody has a role in that development. And I, I think the Rangers have enough veteran leadership in that locker room to know McDonough's hungry. Nash is hungry. Zuccarello is hungry. You have a lot of guys that are coming to maybe the, either the peak of their career or they're just tailing off. There's no one hungrier than Henrik Lundqvist. You can't, I would argue there is no one hungrier than Henrik Lundqvist in the entire league to win a Stanley Cup. And I don't think I'm being biased or anything. So I don't know. Mike, you haven't spoken in forever. So why don't you say some words? I think it is. This is one of those things that I think is a very good point for discussion because, I mean, other than counting cup rings, we don't have stats or, you know, things to look at to, you know, there's no way to measure something that's an intangible like leadership. But, you know, it's like that, uh, like the Supreme Court definition of pornography. Like, I, I know it when I see it kind of a thing. You know it, you know a good leader when you see one. Like, uh, I think obviously the archetype is Messier. And I think it was a surprise to no one, especially, you know, Messier and Leach, that, you know, when Messier came back to the Rangers, Leach was you know, happy to give up the C, but there is, there's definitely the point that Joe made, I think is definitely relevant here that we already saw two guys who routinely wore letters on their jerseys, get the team got rid of them. And before all that happened, you know, we talked about it. Like we heard so much about, you know, the questions, has this core group gone as far as it can go? You know, on breakup day, we heard all of those quotes and questions. And uh, it's, I also know it's really interesting and tempting to look at 2014 and think of like, wow, that was their best chance. But I don't think you can close the window just yet on this group. And I'm also not sure that this team is, you know, a, a Dominic Moore or Matt Cullen away from, the Stanley cup. The most important thing to point out is that you can get guys like that. You can get your bill Garens. You can get, you know, those guys who just add that depth at the deadline. And I think this team has the potential to be a real cup contender is one of the things we were really going to talk about tonight is what other teams in the Metro scare you. Because if you look at the, you know, the two kind of perennial powerhouses, Washington and Pittsburgh, they both just strictly got worse. And the Rangers, on the other hand, like John asked, you know, the Rangers better. I think unanimously we can agree that the Rangers are at least a little bit better and maybe significantly better. But from the views of, you know, fans of other teams, I know that the Rangers are seen as kind of this wild card. They'll either be a team to be feared or they'll be the same Rangers who get to the playoffs. And then for whatever reason, they can't get past a team like Ottawa. So I don't have like grave concerns about the leadership group. I admittedly don't put, you know, I don't put too much stock in, you know, Oh, that team's never going to make it. They don't have a great leader. You know, I don't think what held, you know, the Oilers back in the playoffs last season is that they're, you know, they had the youngest captain in NHL history and there wasn't enough leadership in the room. And I don't think, you know, we saw Stepan yelling at Hank and, you know, you see all that stuff and I'm sure, you know, beat writers will swarm all over that and talk about like, Oh my gosh, this team has no direction or the conflict in the room and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, there's everyone who's there is very good at hockey. And before they got good at hockey, or while they were getting good at hockey, before the NHL, they were almost to a man leaders on teams that they came up with, you know, from juniors to the NCAA or, you know, to the CHL or what have you. And it's like you said, Joe, everyone has a role now. There's a locker room full of leaders on every team. There are some times where you have guys that, you know, just fit that mold so well. But uh, I don't think that's a huge pressing problem. But, you know, I, I do admit 
I don't worry too much about what you know if the Rangers have you know enough of that X factor, enough of that you know guarantee we're going to win tonight sort of moxie in the locker room. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with you. I there's just. For example, does Crosby get considered a great leader because he's won two Stanley Cups? Or, or is he really just one of the greatest players in the NHL and that's why he won two Stanley Cups? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's there's so, it's so tricky. There's so many yeah. narratives that you could throw out there about, oh, this guy's won a couple of Stanley Cups. Like, he, like Carcillo has a Stanley Cup. Two of them, actually, <laughs> I think. Does that mean he's a great leader? You know, Does that mean that he's someone that you can bring in and – um, and it makes all the difference. And I, I'm really not trying to mock the, the thought process here, but I am trying to say it's not necessarily what you think it is. I don't think this leadership is – and there does need to be some form of leadership, especially with the younger team, with the, which the Rangers are. But the Rangers aren't like the Panthers that have kids that have never played in the NHL before. The Rangers' youth is guys like Hayes and Miller. It's guys like Shea, who have been with the team for at least a year as a manager. So you're not talking about guys that need to be taught, you know, quote-unquote, how to win or need to know, oh, you need to be hungry in order to to make this work. It's just, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't look at the Rangers and think a lack of leadership is going to be the reason why they don't go very far this year. I look at the Rangers and I think to myself, well – Maybe they don't have the best um, center depth. They're gonna kind of look in a. They're gonna look a little bit different, maybe than they have in the past. Are they gonna be able to rely on that defense? Is everything going to you know? Is it gonna work out the way that they intend for it to? And that's those are the types of discussions that I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about, oh well, you know, they don't have a good leader in the locker room. I don't know. I have other concerns. The the hole that Stepan left, the yep. whatever they're doing with the bottom six at this point, this bottom six PTO that we'll get into, there's just there's a lot more there than than leadership. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about on this subject? No, I mean, I will add that I think the Rangers are a team that, or they have been in the past. I mean, like you said, I think it's a new year and a new slate in a lot of ways. I think they're a team that goes off the rails pretty easily. And so (laughs) I would almost wonder if leadership is actually a bigger question for them than for some teams. I mean, Carlson is someone, especially after the last year's series, who I'm thinking of as who can sort of gather his guys. Um, even on a bad night and somehow keep their heads in the game. Um, and I've wondered sometimes. Yeah. See, that's shocking. I, I mean, don't get that vibe from him at all. I don't know. Things <sighs> got changed. You know what? Maybe it's... I think I start thinking about him because I'm remember I'm remembering him imitating Crosby. <laughs> but this is, this is the point. Neither of us are right or wrong. This is a matter yeah. – uh, this is literally a subjective answer to the question of what you believe leadership is. we can't is. know. We really can't so, know. Who's, who's the best captain in the NHL? Ooh. God, I don't, I don't even – That's the See, whole point. Who's going to say Crosby if to he, that? If you I'm ask gonna be five honest with people, you. you'll get three different answers. I probably yeah. can't even name ten captains in the NHL. <laughs> well, that's just because you, you're not bright. I'm gonna, I would bet that I can't name ten <laughs> captains in the NHL. That's maybe horrendous. I, maybe though. I can. McDonough, Tavares, Chara, Carlson, Ovechkin, Crosby. <laughs> um... Is, is no Stamkos is the captain in in Tampa. Yeah. Who else is a captain? Is Kopitar the captain of LA? Yeah, they stripped Kopitar. it from Brown and gave it to Kopi. That's right. I, I do remember that. Um, yeah, that's about as far as I'm going to get. I don't. I could probably think of a couple of others, but this is this is what you get. So take that, bitches. I'm ashamed Damn. of you. But I don't I don't think it's that important. And I Mike is a good point. If you sat down and you said, Hey, listen, 
Um, I need you to tell me who you're, who you think the best captains are in the NHL. You're going to get a different answer from everybody. Yeah, we're giving out the Mark Messier Leadership Award. Yeah, who who is your guy? And you're going to sit there and you're going to be like, I, I have no idea. I actually like that question though. I just don't know enough about some other teams to be able to answer it. I think it's actually a good question. I guess the point is there are very few hockey teams that you look at and you go, God, they have really good leadership. That's a that's a that's a team that has great leader. I mean, maybe Chicago, just because of Hosa and Taves and whatnot. But like, that's not why they're winning Stanley Cups. They're winning Stanley Cups because of, unfortunately, the Patrick Kanes of the world. That's why they're winning Stanley Cups. They're a deep, well built team. Not oh, they're they're a really good leadership team. And again, I'm not. Uh, this is not me attempting to insult the ideology that you have to. You know that you need to have a leader. It's just at some point you need to make a decision that um, maybe this maybe skill is more important than what's going on in the locker room. I think if you have two guys who are like screaming at one another on the bench, you could sit there and you could say, okay, obviously there's a leadership problem. Like if the there were always the rumors with Drury when he was on the team with Yager that they had split and that the Rangers camp was broken up into two different things and yada 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 and that's all well and good and potentially whatever there were two sides of the locker room the people who wanted to play the east west the people who wanted to play the north south fine you have a situation like that that boils over and everybody knows about it that's a leadership issue the rangers have not had one of those in probably since then so i, I just don't look at it as a as a big deal plus the rangers have daniel desjardins he's like the greatest leader of all time <laughs> oh my there you go. There's, there's that for you. Um, what else were we going to talk about? Bobby Banging. Farnham. Ooh, we were going to talk about well, Farnham, weren't we? Same thing. Banging Bobby Ooh, Farnham. I would Banging on the boards well, with Bobby Farnham. Ooh, that would be a, that. You know what? That's going to be the segment that he <laughs> has before he's inevitably traded. Banging on the boards with Bobby Farnham. Look at him. He's banging on the boards. Did it occur right. to had, any of us that there might be a new glass? I don't. I don't think that ever crossed my mind. That's so scary. I don't want. But, okay, but let's let's talk about this before we all panic. Do Bang we truly believe that <laughs> that we're in that type of a that we're in that like realm now that we need to worry about no. new new get new new glass? Oh, by the way, I said. Daniel Desjardins, it's David Desjardins. Thank you, Rock, for correcting me in the chat and not publicly like I know Mike and Beth wanted to, but they they didn't realize that I made the mistake. I'm still laughing at the way you said Tavares in my head. Uh, Tavares. <laughs> That's right. I, yeah. Oh, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, you have, you son of a bitch. Um, and- I, so Adam Herman has a good point about Farnham, which is basically – the Rangers need bodies because they have not, not that anybody's really throwing hits in the preseason, but the Rangers play in preseason games against division rivals. So he's just somebody who can be a fill in and the Rangers don't have to worry about him getting hurt. And I like that idea. What are your thoughts on that idea? Banging Bobby's body. Um, I don't know. I understand. That's great. That's a great podcast answer. I don't know. (laughs) Well, having a guy like Farnham, you know, who's a high motor guy, he's not the be- the worst kind of guy to have in camp. Obviously, the nightmare is, oh God, he, you know, he checks one of the kids into the boards and then they break their clavicle or something. But I I don't hate it. I just it's a to me it's a head scratcher because I think it might come from the direction of hey we don't really have a guy like a Farnham or a glass now. And uh, I thought we kind of saw something similar last season with, with Lapierre where it's like, Oh, you know, we need, you know, we can maybe use another center and we could use a guy who is just a pain in the ass and everyone hates him. But I, I, this is definitely not something for fans to get upset about. If he's getting, 
like a, a gross amount of ice time at the expense of kids we want to see in preseason, then we can get upset. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of the, like the Devils invited, um, who is it, Jimmy Hayes to their camp on a PTO. And, you know, I would have much preferred the Rangers look at, you know, Kevin Hayes' brother just, just for the story and just for like, oh, that's fun. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. For the Devils, it matters a lot more because they, they are looking for guys. But Farnham's a winger. The Rangers aren't in the market for wingers, as we know. Coming out there's, of our Yeah, there's, there's not that much to worry about here. It's just one of those. It is, I'm sure, cause for rolling your eyes and, you know, but it's, We've been hurt I don't before, consider Mike. it a bad yeah, it's fair. I understand. We've been hurt before. We've seen really questionable decisions made with the roster. But I don't think Farnham, who last season, I'm pretty sure he was stuck in the AHL after Montreal signed him. I'm just not that worried. You know, it's he played three NHL games last season, and the season before that, he played three more. You know, this is a guy who's 28 years old, I think. And yeah. he has 67 NHL games to his name. He's not taking anyone's job. And he's also, he also five foot ten. Brown. What's with the Ivy League enforcers? I find that so interesting. Yeah, and George one... Peros too. He's a smarty. Hmm. That Smart is somewhat banger. interesting, Peros. isn't it? Banging. Peros went to Harvard. Where did Peros go? Banging Bobby Farnham. Not, yeah, that came out. No, Paris went to Princeton. Wrong. Sorry. Yes. That's a weird trend. It is. That is a very peculiar trend. Like, supposedly, you, their brains work pretty well, so why are they risking them by... Because they love hockey. That's fair. I love hockey. Yeah. Well, that's part you of know, the issue with the the fighting in like junior hockey. And that's why there's all these concussion conversations because these guys are not fighting because they want to fight. These guys are fighting because they think it's the only thing they can do to get to the NHL. And in some instances they may be right. So I think in a lot of, that's one of the right. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, I understand the concern there for that type. Like if you ever read, I don't know if any of you guys read the Derek Bugard yeah, I, I don't even know what I would call it. Just what was it? It was like his biography. It wasn't really a biography. It was some things that he wrote, but it was the it was the expose that the Times did after he passed away. Um, John Brand that, did it. Yeah, that just kind of went through his life and some of the things that he wrote down. And he didn't want to fight. He didn't want to be a fighter, but it was the way that he was able yeah. to make it to the NHL. And that's what happens to these guys. It's, yeah, it's, it's not a horrible, self-fulfilling prophecy because he was – that's how he got to the NHL. And then he got paid what he got paid to fight. Meanwhile, you know, his knuckles are migrating up the back of his hand from all the times he's, you know, gotten in bare buckle, sorry, bare knuckle boxing matches. And he knows bare he's there. He has to keep his role. Matches. Buckles he's, are bare. He, I'm talking about something serious, Joe. God. I was scolded. Tyler Seguin. Um, I lost my train of thought because of you. Well, but uh, I mean, Mike, you're right, but that's actually the thing that interests me is a guy like, like Bugart, he had no other choice. There were no other options for him. These Ivy League guys, I mean, they could get other jobs. It's not their only way out of wherever they are, you know? So I, I find, like, the discrepancy between their choice and the choice of a guy like Derek Bugart to just be, I, I think that's kind of interesting actually somebody should write about it michael that's your cue somebody should no you make fun of me and then i don't feel good about myself are you kidding me i love you no. are you kidding no, me right now too late there's tears no. everywhere tears apparently daryl powell carol daryl powell is a smarty but he wasn't a fighter but was he, he- no, he's not a, like a tough guy, tough guy. He was just a banging, banging body It's just a, <laughs> it is it is a difficult situation, and it's something that 
I don't think the NHL really is capable of getting a grasp on because you'd no. have to stop that at the grassroots. You'd have to stop it literally from that's Stanley barking. Stanley. I don't know what he's barking at, but um, Stanley's sick, everyone. Stanley's yeah, sick. Stanley's, Stanley is sick. Oh, yeah, I should mention that, by the way, for the world. Um, my dog has a terrible ear infection. He has to go to the vet this weekend, so I'm not sure I'm going to make it to Tony's barbecue. Um, we'll find that out as we go. Some of you don't care, I know, but some of you do care. Some of you are friends. Um, let me ask you this question now that we're going in that direction. Do we care for real that the Rangers did not get Alex Kerfoot? Who's supposed to go? I'll say things. Mike can say things. Yeah, um, yeah I was reading a bit about that, and Kerfoot explained that, I mean, he, he went to Colorado, so he, he did not choose the team based on the best team, obviously. He went for the team where he's going to get ice time. And for the Rangers, his ice time was anything but guaranteed. And, you know, even with, you know, being chums with VC and everything, there's there's plenty of competition there. It's a, at least a two-horse race now, and he would have made it a three-horse race for, you know, that spot in the bottom six. I... The Rangers have gotten, they've won so many of these that having someone like Kerfoot slip away, just it just doesn't hurt. It doesn't sting because he's a free asset. We talk about it with all the time. We talked about it a lot with Adam. You know, all he costs is an entry-level contract. And it's perfectly fine to, to spend Dolan's money on just, hey, why not? Let's see. But, uh, you know, last season he had his best season in the NCAA, you know, he had 45 points in 36 games. But again, those are not numbers that like soar off the page. And it's also important to remember he was initially a, you know, a fifth round pick of the devils. And like VC, we talk about it all the time. You know, he's 23. So, you know, he'll be 23 in his rookie season. And, uh, you know, next offseason, he'll be 24 and a sophomore in the NHL. It's very unlikely that the Rangers missed out on something great here. It's never a bad thing to have, you know, another guy in the pipeline to, to build that, you know, competition in the program and in the AHL and yada, yada, yada. But I'm really not that concerned. I would have liked if they got Kerfoot, but... For whatever reason, for me, this doesn't feel like a huge missed opportunity. I was never really that that excited about the prospect of him, you know, coming in as an, you know, free agent at a college and jumping right into the Rangers lineup. I just never stopped laughing that Brooksy called him a Harvard stud. A Harvard stud. A Harvard, Harvard stud. Here's another smart guy, another Harvard boy, but he also is an, a banging, banging, banging Harvard. I agree with you, Mike. It, the loss here is not the fact that the New York Rangers missed out on some amazing prospect. It, it's just that the New York Rangers missed out on a, a free prospect, and the Rangers happened to, at this point, just. I don't know. They're doing whatever they can literally to attempt to get any type of bottom six depth. And one of the ways that you can counteract that is by trying to get as many lottery tickets as you can. You're not talking, we're not even talking about a Jimmy VC level player. And Jimmy VC wasn't even, he's, he's not even close to Kevin Hayes and Kevin Hayes is really, that's the, that's the big winner. You know what I mean? Hayes is the guy that you you really desperately want. That's the chicken want. dinner. That is the yeah the, the chicken winner winner chicken dinner. That's the guy that you really you really do want. Um, so I want chicken dinner. Mm, chicken. chicken dinner, dinner chicken. So you don't really lose you know you don't lose that you don't walk away from something. You just kind of. 
you just deal with it. There's nothing. Yeah. And like we talked about, nothing last to worry week, about. Amazing that the Rangers don't have to be involved in this this Will Butcher sweepstakes. They just don't have to worry about it. It's not their problem. It's amazing because he's another one who, older guy, played all four years in the in the NCAA, really had his breakout year, his senior year, played on a really good team. Okay, that's not a guy that's going to make an enormous difference next year. That's not a make or break guy and that's not somebody that the rangers necessarily need so yeah yeah it just it can't hurt but the organization doesn't right now the last thing the organization needs is a guy who can compete for a third pair defensive spot with that being said i would love to have another guy who you know in, in a year's time can come in and be on the blue line especially if the rangers figure out a way to, to get rid of stall, but there's already a couple guys that are worth a look and it just, I would love someone like butcher to get at it, but you know, it's uh it's one of those things where you want the lottery ticket, but if you don't get it, you're not bummed. It's fine. And well, like well, you said, we Joe, we've already won out on, on a couple, like getting VC and Hayes alone. And yeah. you know, and we've seen that before them, and you know, not in recent history, the Rangers had plenty of guys, the college free agents that, you know, was, just didn't live up to anything. Like we've talked about with Gilroy and everything, that it was like, oh, okay, this is something, and then nope, no, it's not. And it's just like anything else, except they're older than a draft pick. So you just find out a little bit sooner what you have. Like we talked about, it. it- right before the show started the Rangers have a defensive tryout, like a PTO player make any type of run. Something has gone horribly wrong. Absolutely horribly wrong. The Rangers have. So if we're considering Shea stall, do we want to consider stall? No, let's say Shea McDonough, Smith, Shattenkirk is your top four. You have stall Holden, Pionk, their glaze off. D'Angelo, Point. all fighting for those final two spots. Poink. Poink. You know, poink. So, yeah. That is not something that the New York Rangers necessarily need to worry about right now. Free lottery tickets are great, but the Rangers have 48 contracts at this moment, so not taking, uh, not getting Kerfoot isn't the worst thing in the world. It gives them a little bit more flexibility. The hope is that they they don't sign Farnham, even if they just intend to, you know, play him as that 14th forward type guy. But they have, they have some room free to money maneuver. for a while. What did you say? They give him some free money for a while. That's all. Yeah, just here you go. Take some, no, take it's some not the money. end of the world. Um, did we have PTL tryouts that we wanted to see, Michael? That's an interesting question because I mentioned the only other one. I, there, there might have been others that are announced, but the Devils with uh, with Jimmy Hayes. Um, and normally we don't see that many in, announced, but they're starting to trickle through. But before the podcast, I asked Joe and Beth, do the Rangers even need to have you know a PTO defenseman? And because of all the names we just listed, no, they don't need that. Um, there are a couple of guys that are out there that I think may be worth a look. Uh, and it's it's interesting. You know, we've talked a lot about Winnick. He's still unsigned. Um, the former Ranger John Mitchell is someone who I, I don't know if it was Adam. Someone brought him up. And I thought, you know, th- there have been worse ideas than bringing back Mitchell. And, you know, he's been marooned in Colorado for forever. I forget if he had any other stops. But the one that Jack brought up in his article was uh, Pierre-Alexander Parenteau. And I want to know what Beth in particular thought of bringing back PA. Wait, bringing back what? PA Parento. PA Parento. <laughs> Pay attention to the podcast, Beth. Oh my I God, Beth. am paying attention to the podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> what about Vernon you're Fiddler? You're testing just me, the aren't you? It's like you're okay. watching me. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if something was from Legally Blonde, okay? I got sucked into something. But um, now I'm back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she's, she's back. 
Oh, Chase on. Alex Chase on. Okay. But again, we don't need wingers, but still. Why the hell Daniel not? Winnick? Little Winnick action? I can't believe he's not signed yet. Yeah, that that is surprising to me. And we've heard, you know, Yager might land in Calgary, but, uh, you know, the, that one is definitely a head-scratcher to me. Vanek hasn't signed yet, has he? Who? Thomas Vanek, or did he sign? No, well... Again, perception against reality. You like Yager's too slow. Everybody says, and I agree. He's probably pretty slow, but he would. He played at a, a top line player last year. He played to those metrics. Yeah. He was a top line player last year. If you looked at all the number one line players, Yarmir Yager's metrics matched with all of them, whatever that average was. So he's a player who can give you some really good hockey even though he's like 58 years old um <laughs> hey he's my age leave me alone winnick and i'm not 58 yeah winnick is a guy feel like being signed is the the league just another thing the league has not figured out that could be doing it some good if he goes over to europe i mean he's such a draw he's got his home traveling yagers I don't know. It'll be a tragedy. It's sad. Why? But Did you guys what tragedy. I don't get is, like, Vegas should be all over Yarmir Yager. All, they should throw yeah, whatever really money they be. have left at him. Because he could literally be the face of the franchise. He, oh my God, him in Vegas would be the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, oh one of my, my great God. regrets. It's John Scott. He can, I mean, he can play hockey. Like you said, his, his numbers still line up. Okay, no offense to John Scott. Nobody attacked me there. But you guys know what I mean. I mean, he can play the game. The fact that we're letting him out go out of the league potentially. Well, we're not. Ridiculous. It's not our decision. It is totally our decision, Joe. We're deciding right here, right now, the fate of Yaramir Yager. But we're not letting him leave. That's true. I won't let him leave. No. He, he, the great regret of 24-7 was that Yager was not a part of it. That is my great regret of the 24-7 when the Rangers were in the Winter Classic, that there was no Yarmer Yager. Because he is unbelievably funny. He really is. He's a great personality. The NHL never marketed him the right way. And I think Yager liked playing second fiddle. I'll be completely honest with you. He's another one that I don't think was a good captain in New York. But I don't dare. He scored so many points. Sign him, Vegas. What are you doing, he could get local deals with casinos. Oh, my God. There's so much possibility. There's so much possibility. Don't you feel like the league should be working behind the scenes to make this happen? And don't you feel like they're not? Well, I guess yeah, is Bettman, my point. Should, Bettman should be on the phone with Vegas. Just like, listen, get, can you get your shit together, please? I just need you to sign Yager. Just sign yeah, Yarmer Yager. Exactly. Do not let Calgary sign him. Just sign Yarmer Yager. As illegal as that conversation would be, theoretically, just sign Yarmer Yager. That's the end of that. For the good of the sport, which is a thing that they have apparently not heard of. Damn no, it. well, they don't even know what that means. The, the NHL has no idea how to market themselves. None. None. If you put the NHL's marketing like group and a paper bag in the same room, they would come out with the same number of successful ideas in terms no, of marketing. No, they can themselves. find their way out is the problem. Well, the paper They're bag is against in. them this time. It's not holding them in. It's just competitively oh, well. designing things. Mike is typing furiously somewhere. I don't want to um, talk about it. The podcast has been ruined. It is 8.48. We are in the Tony time. This podcast got off I the rails. The podcast is fine. There are no rails. There are no rails on the podcast train. It flies through the air like an aeroplane. Joe. Yes. I, I wanted Give to see me, where that went. Actually. That was pretty damn good, wasn't it? That wasn't well, bad. I mean, it was well, no was, poor Jimmy VC, but it was good. I have to go back and poor Jimmy VC and, and, and listen to that brilliance, because that was maybe my greatest moment of musical genius ever. It really yeah, was. I need to sound. You had a, a question. Oh, I was going to ask. I wanted to ask both of you, this is something we're supposed to talk about, is who are your top three teams in order in the Metropolitan Division? 
Oof, that is I a woke heck up the cat. That is a question. Okay, ready? Pittsburgh. Yeah. Rangers. Yeah. This is Part of me really wants to say Columbus. That's my one, two, three. I have Pittsburgh, Ragnars, Columbus. Ragnars? Yeah, New York Ragnars. Ragnars. The Ragnars. Yeah, Pittsburgh. I'm going to say that's going to be my group. And then Washington would probably be the fourth. I just, I really like what Columbus did this offseason. I think they made some pretty good strides. Tortorella is going to wear out his welcome eventually because that's what John Tortorella does. But they have a good goalie. They have some pretty good defenders. I think Columbus is a pretty good hockey team. I think you're a pretty good friend. Mike, I think you're the best (laughs) friend. Do I I need to leave again? You don't, but you do need to tell us what your top three would be. Uh, um, I would pick... With great hatred in my heart, I would put Pittsburgh first, too. Um, I'm really, I gosh, I feel like I need to watch preseason before I know to put whether I want to put the Rangers at second or third. No, that's um, fair. And that's whether easy. I know where to put Columbus or the Caps at third or fourth. Um, I mean, the Caps are on their way down, and I feel I feel bad for Ovi. I'm just going to come right out and say that. I do not um, feel bad for Ovechkin. I feel bad for Ovechkin. I, I will feel bad um, for Ovechkin the minute Lundqvist gets his name on the Stanley Cup. Then I can feel sympathy oh, for other great players who... I hope well, that I wasn't, was a given. I was not insinuating that you wanted Ovechkin to win a cup before Lundqvist, but my I often think about Ovechkin... And Lundqvist in the same kind of, oh, my God, what a shame it would be if he doesn't get his name on the Stanley Cup. But screw you, Ovi. It's all Hank. And honestly, I hate Washington so much that Ovi can never get his name on the Cup. That's fine. <laughs> he could be another Pavel well, Beret. He's an amazing Hank, scorer. So they, they stop in my um, healthy – ever since the whole year, his mask fell off all the damn time at, at significant moments. I've never quite forgiven him. Um, and I still think he's Lundqvist light. Um, but that should not factor into my ranking. So, yeah, I ask me again after preseason. We've all got the same top four, I think, and I hate putting Pittsburgh number one, but, I mean, I don't know how not to. So, yeah, yeah. ask me in a month. Yeah. I want Carolina to be better than the Capitals. Car- but... Carolina could be my five. Yeah, they're they're very, very interesting. They're fun. And the Devils I are like my that eight. Team. The Islanders are my seven, and the Flyers are my six. See, I don't know. I, I might Islanders... flip-flop the Flyers and, the, and the, the, the Hurricanes, by the way. I think the Islanders have a chance to I, – I don't know. A lot of – I've heard like 50-50. There are some people who are like, yeah, they're a fringe playoff team. And you know, they did the Eberle trade, but they also – no more Hamannick. And that blue line was already not great. And they still have two goalies who the same problem with goalies they had last season. I don't know. I don't know what to make of the Islanders. It's a good thing it's not our problem. How amazing would it be if the Islanders came to the Rangers? Well, that's the other big story in the division. There is a little bit of that rumor going around. Wait, what rumor? What rumor? It's not really a rumor. He wouldn't have to change his house. But there's been some, I guess you could say, educated line drawing that just says that that if the Islanders don't want to play ball with Tavares, the Rangers would be more than happy to, and he wouldn't really have to change his lifestyle at all. And to that point, I can't imagine the Islanders are not throwing everything that they have at him. So obviously whatever's keeping him from signing is something else and he oh, would look God, great in Rangers blue. that's all I'm, that's all i'm trying to say is he would look great as a ranger that's it oh just, god they paid him the so much know. oh that would be so amazing yeah it would be amazing it really honestly the thing that makes islanders fans really upset is amazing to me and that it, would be it, so from, particularly amazing from the i mean aside from the what rivalry 
it, it is it's such a betrayal. It would be such a betrayal. It would be just outstanding. It would be amazing. It, it like um, who I'm getting myself excited just thinking about it. Even more so than the <laughs> fact that Tavares would be 28 or maybe even 27 by then, and who knows how much of a contract the Rangers would have to offer him. But all that aside, all the logistics aside, in a vacuum, it, it would be oh, just chef. Just kissing the tips of your fingertips, amazing. That would be um, a Blue Apron delicious meal, wouldn't it, Joe? It would be, Michael. But Blue Apron cut back on their spending. God so damn it. No longer sponsors of the show, yeah. Well, I was never look a big what, fan. Look what happened with Grabner. Can you imagine if that happened? Oh, it would be so tasty and wonderful. Who, My brother's who's a the Islanders last, fan. And who's he just the last moved ranger back. to jump in the other direction? Ooh, that's a good question. Parent? Oh. Is it I was going to say, he, he's the guy that I, I think it might be. Because I can't. Where did get, I, I, who else could it be? I don't know. I don't know. Golly. Gee, golly, girl. <laughs> I feel golly like gosh. John Moore was an Islander, but I feel like John Moore has played for everybody. <laughs> John Moore was no, not he's, an Islander. He's a devil. Did Aaron Asham go from the Rangers to the Islanders? No, right? He went from the Islanders to the Rangers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Golly. Golly, gosh. Golly, gosh. Golly, here we go. (sighs) Well... We have we're gonna start to get to some hockey soon. By the way, Philip Heitel scored in his Four Nations tournament debut today. We got the scoring for the uh, Czech Republic. So, and I think the best part about that is it's an under twenty tournament, and he's seventeen years old. It's amazing. Elias Anderson hit the post. I don't know if he did anything else in his game. Alex Nunn is the person that we talked to about that. And I am going on his Twitter right now. It is AJ underscore Ranger. And I don't see anything about him. And Lakato scored. Lockato. He's the, uh, the fifth or sixth round pick. I don't know. One of them. Okay. Who else? Uh, anything else? Either of you? I'm happy Beth I'm a- is back. I'm happy Beth, Maine, is Beth too. Yeah, how was Maine? Oh, Maine was so lovely. So very lovely. I liked it very much. But did I did you come back. Did you drink the water straight from the ground? Um, no, you know that that whole Poland spring is fake, but I don't hold it against Maine. I didn't know that. I'm holding it against Maine. Screw that. Yeah, it's, 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 there. it's all a sham, apparently. No. It's not coming. It will be coming to you straight from Maine, but not from actual like natural water in Maine. But their but their senator rides a motorcycle, so that's kind of cool. No, look at that. Joe, you ready for this? I'm ready. One of the most one of the most recent Rangers to Islanders converts, Mike Motto. Who is that? I got nothing. <laughs> Former seventh round pick of the Rangers. You don't remember Mike Motto? I don't even know who that is. Well, he only played 19 games with the Rangers, and it was in 2001 to 2002, so that's fair. Well, I'm sure really? one of some of our listeners know. PA didn't go. PA did it. Yeah, but okay. so wouldn't he be the most recent? Well, apparently they did it the same year or around the same year. Ah, uh, shocking to me. You're shocking to me. Your your face is shockingly beautiful. I like I'm that. I'm shocked all the time by both of you. It's like Baby I'm Amazed, that Paul McCartney song, except I'm shocked by both of you. Best. All the time. How many games did P.A. Parento play for the Rangers? <laughs> if, listen to me. If you get within 10, Joe has to cut off one of his fingers. Yeah, see, I won't do that because I'm going to say none. 
I really don't Can remember. I make a guess? Yeah. Are you guessing 56. or do you know? I'm guessing. Joe is 56. closer with six. Six is closer than zero. So I don't have to cut off something, do I? No. You do have to look you pretty shade, though. The answer was the answer was twenty-two. Hey, as soon as I get near Brady Shea, I plan to lick Lady Brady Shea, and I expect him to be nice about it because he's such a, a sweet, nice Midwestern boy. He, he is so, not going to be nice about it, but it is absolute podcast topic for when it does happen. Beth almost said Lady Shea. She did. Lady Shea. He's got seventeen <laughs> names. Lady Shea may as well be one of them, but it doesn't work Good as well as Baby Brad Shea. Brad or Chase, Brad Chase. I like to call him Brad. Brady Scrabble. Chase, because that that's a good last name for Scrabble. Um, All right, this podcast anyway, is I, definitely petered yeah, out. Patreon.com/slash/blueshirtbanter. Go there and um, you know donate some money to us so that we can keep doing this. Joe. So we Mike. can do better than this. Yes, we'll name be a New York Ranger whose first name was Tim. Hmm. Hmm. Mike, aka Grind, the sh- the show comes to a grinding halt. Murphy. Hmm. <laughs> like Tim. No, it's Thomas Pock, right? Thomas Polk. Polk from Austria. No, I don't know who is it. It's gonna be someone I don't even know. I can think of two: Tim Taylor and Tim Erickson. Uh, yeah, no shot. Christian Erickson. That's my answer to that. Beth, name a ranger whose first name was Dominic. That's not fair. You're giving That's her all the like I know. I was, I was trying to make you look smarter than Joe, but you blew it. <laughs> you don't have to try. She's a goddamn oh, professor Joe. at NYU. I, I, came, I came up with Anthony Duclair for the num- youngest ranger recently, and I'm I'm proud of that. But, yeah. That was that, that my wife question. is listening to the TV so loud, as if she's, she's listening from another room and she's trying to hear it from, she's pregnant. from our room. She's pregnant. She is pregnant. You don't want so to. Everything to, she does is right. We're pregnant. Don't. We really do. I have to be nice. Um, <laughs> she's literally developing a life. A child. A human child. And all you're doing is podcasting. Yeah, you're well, just I'm try- listen. This is how you put money on the table for said child. <laughs> well, I think you okay. should put food on the table and, and money somewhere else, but that's just me. This, no. The food goes in the wallet of the money table. Money table. Money table. Yeah, money you're table. right. Okay? My table is made of money. Counterfeit money, but no money point. nonetheless. Banging Bobby Farnham and yep. the money table. Twitter.com slash Bangin Beth Macklin. <laughs> Twitter.com slash DigDeepBSB. You can also find it sounds Michael. sounds like an amazing a... male stripper name. Coming to the <laughs> stage. Banging Bobby Farnham. Bobby's back. We're sorry, Bobby Farnham. Yes, I apologize for this podcast that you're not listening to. Um, you can also find Mike as a women's hockey writer on the Ice Garden. A garden made of ice. Espionations. Women's hockey thing. Um, and then me, Blue Shirt Panther, Espionations, New York Rangers thing. So, you know, all that stuff. Banging Bobby Farnham. Gonna I'm be so hockey sorry, Bobby so Farnham. So soon. So soon. Ladies, yeah, get those singles out because here comes banging Bobby <laughs> Ted, don't throw quarters. You poked him in the eye last time. Oh, my. All right. We love you all. Number 23 on the ice, number one in your hearts. Bang Number one on the strip. We're going to get sued. I don't know what his number is. I just guess. Mm, I know wrong. nothing about that. So. I'm sure he, it's sure he does have a number. Anyway, best of luck to Bobby Farnham in, in training camp. Yes. Yeah. Best, as well. best of luck to you, kind yes. listener. So long as you're a Patreon donor. Otherwise. Even if you're not. Otherwise, best adequate luck not. to you. You get <laughs> adequate luck. 
and then I feel like we've reached the point of the show. Like, remember when you were a kid and you slept over your friend's house and you were up really late and then everything was funny? That's what this has turned into. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh... Is it that funny, though? Well, now uh, it's not because Beth. you've made us think about it. Damn it, Beth. Jeez. Jeez, and crepes. <laughs> Cheese and MF and crackers. I don't even know what we're doing anymore. We need to, this podcast no, needs Beth, to end. I want to do a podcast where we have Beth and Shana. We we should do that. We could do that on the next Maybe podcast. Maybe Shana and I our own podcast. Did you ever think about that? What are you, you're going to huh? go to, you just immediately going to compete against us? Is that what this is? It might be. That's not very nice. After all we've no, done for you. Yeah. What is, after what, all we've what, done what is, for you. All the bird knowledge that we've given you, this is what you do? I knew about birds. You taught me about medieval weapons, which I had no desire to know. Oh, that's true. After, know. All, after we taught you that in the event that the world was annihilated and only medieval weapons were around, you don't take a greatsword. You take an arbalist. And you, banging. this is what Bobby. you do. You come up with banging Bobby Farnham and then you leave. You leave for greener pastures? I don't think so. No. All right. So we'll just have Shane on the podcast, too. Yes, we'll have Shane on the podcast as well. Thank Goodbye. You I'm sorry for everything. Yeah, we're we're very sorry. Everybody's sorry. Good night. We're we're all we're all sorry.